This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Plan on paying less for the coverage you need with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get a quote today at FBHP.com. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. We're so glad to have with us the Titans' new offensive coordinator, Nick Holtz. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the Bad MGM studio. Oh, it's great. What a, what a great place. And the Snickers hot seat. I might have one myself you right here. That, right? As I'm yeah. sitting here, you guys are already Snickers ready for me. always yeah. satisfies Nick. Okay, <laughs> so I, I want to start with two things. First of all, you spell your last name H-O-L-Z. You pronounce it Holtz. Correct. Okay, so how many times a week do people ask you if you're Lou Holtz's son or misspell your name? So pretty much daily that happens, <laughs> I would say this. Especially when he was coaching or he was on TV a bunch. And people just assume that I was spelling it wrong, which is fine. But uh, it's German. It means wood. So that's exciting. Okay, so if yeah. we got anybody that want to you know, learn a new language, and I at least Thank got you. one word in German. we got Babel uh, going here today. Exactly. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is what we do for the OT people. Education. That's right. But, uh, yeah, everybody thinks it's Holtz, which so every pizza place in town, you know, every, uh, you know, when you're calling in your order, it's all spelled wrong. And, you know, why correct them at this point? So, so. have you ever given the name like for a reservation and they thought you were going to be probably okay. I, don't, I, don't know. I don't feel like I've, I don't feel like I've gotten all these great tables, tables. or anything uh, you know that I don't think I'm sitting right in the corner in the good spots but yeah it would be it maybe it has worked out for me I just haven't noticed we start with the important stuff yeah first. we really do if we're gonna get to know you we're gonna really get to know you and Absolutely. I can see how the connection would be drawn True. with football and football, football and football <laughs> <laughs> and, there, and there are a lot of sons in coaching, as we certainly know oh, here yeah, with, right. exactly. with father and son yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how many of them were the, the son is the boss, but, you know, like uh, like we have here, but other than that. I, I mean, honestly, that would have never worked with me and my dad. No. It, it, I mean, no. It, uh, there is no chance. I couldn't work for my dad. Correct. I, he it, has a biz- you know, had a business, and I, I, my brother did and, di- and has done great. I couldn't do it. The thought of bossing him around, even if it's subtly, it would have never worked. <laughs> it's not a real thought. It's not a real thought that can enter my brain in that way. No. But yeah. you Good know them both. You, I mean, you worked for Bill Callahan in Nebraska. Yep. You obviously knew him somewhat growing up through the fact that you went to De La Salle with Brian Callahan. Yep. So you've sort of got the – you sort of thread the needle the on dynamic. all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, – in high school, you know, his dad was around, obviously, a lot. But, you know, his dad's a worker of all workers. You know, there's nobody with a work ethic like him. So he wasn't, you know, always around the house or anything like that. But when he was, you know, he you would just kind of – we would already start picking his brain on random football questions and things like that. And then uh, when I got done with college, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And anyways, long story – or turning a short story into a long story, I guess – they, uh, I ended up calling, I called every person I knew, asking what they would do for work, what they would do for a job, anything like that. A couple months later, he calls me and says, I got this job at Nebraska. I worked for him as a, you know, offensive assistant. And I think he tried to kill me. Like, I think it was, <laughs> it was, uh, I, I think he tried to, you know, and I, I remember calling Brian one time. I'm like, your, your father's insane. Like this guy, there's nobody that works like this guy. Like this is a mate, you know? And so. That's the first part of the story of, you know, his dad is, that is the number one thing you would say about him. I actually told him the story the other day about how I thought, you know, I was going to literally die at my desk because he was working so hard. Um, But 
Wait, where was the original question? I just got started. <laughs> well, just the, yes. the, the, why the, the dynamic dyna- seems to work for so, them already. I think that they are both – they're both wired that way, right? Okay. And they both understand that it's – there's the football time and then there's father-son time. Okay. And then there's, you know, also, you know, Brian has kids, so it's grandpa time. And I think they – are both comfortable enough because they've worked for so long, so far apart from each other. You know, they hadn't really crossed paths and really then worked with a bunch of people that have worked with each other. So I think they're both so established in their ways now that it's really just like a normal coaching relationship, which is, which is pretty fun to see just from a third party that has kind of more of the background here than everybody else. Right. So having that experience of working for someone who, worked you so hard and instilled such a work ethic in you has to be something that looking back on it now, being in the position that you are with the Tennessee Titans, it's got to feel good that you had that built into you so early, right? Oh, absolutely. And just the, I think there's probably a level of respect he gained for, you know, those guys that kind of went through the wars and he knows, you know, Bill knows that I haven't really skipped any steps in that regard. And so I think he's, has a trust in me of that I'm always going to do whatever needs to get done because I did that for, you know, what, 15-something years ago. Is that why you only made it one year with him in Nebraska? Well, yeah, pretty much. He also uh, – we, uh, yeah, we, we all got let go, but, I, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it for the second year. I wouldn't tell him that. I guess I shouldn't tell him on a podcast too. But, but that's okay. You know, he won't yeah, listen. Exactly. Uh, no one listens. Yeah. It's okay. Um, but you go to Stanford. Went to Stanford. And so how much easier is that opportunity based on having been through the year with Bill at Nebraska? Don't tell Jim Harbaugh this, but it was easier. <laughs> but Jim also had the same experience I had at the Raiders. Jim was a first-year coach getting done playing, and he was the offensive assistant, quarterback coach for the Raiders. And he said, you know, there was one time he pulled into his uh, garage and he just fell asleep right there in the car and then woke up a couple hours later and drove back to the office. And <laughs> so I think, you know, Jim and I remember telling that story. So yes, it was much easier going to, uh, going to Stanford after having the Nebraska Bill Callahan experience. But I also learned a way to do things and learned a, I guess a baseline of just how to work, you know, like he, Bill, just threw all of us in the fire and he was treated you, you know, we were a college team, but treated you like you were a pro coach, you know, and I think that was a great way to learn to come up as a first job. So that has to make the transition to the pros that much easier still, because now you have these years of experience of being in one style, but you're training essentially for the the pros. Yeah, I was very lucky because I had that at Nebraska and then at Stanford with Jim and then David Shaw, you know, all guys that had long-term NFL experience, we really ran an NFL system and an NFL way of installing. And you look back at some of those staffs of the guys coached with, you know, especially at Stanford, the Greg Romans and, you know, uh, all those guys that made it to the NFL. Willie Taggart's now in the NFL and um, Pep Hamilton and just a million guys that had really came there. Vic Fangio came from the NFL just for a year then went back. And so – that was great exposure for me. Let's go. And then you go to the Raiders from there. Yes. Ten years with the Raiders. So you've got Bill Callahan on your resume. You've got Jim Harbaugh. Yep. You've got David Shaw. Then with the Raiders, who were the head coaches that you worked for there? So I was originally hired by Dennis Allen. Yeah. And uh, Greg Knapp, rest in peace, was the offense coordinator. Yes. And he was – what a wonderful 
man to learn from and just how to carry yourself and just a just a great human class being. act yeah and so he was there first as my offense coordinator then got greg olson came in greg's first stint with the raiders so i had greg for two years and tony sperano was the o-line coach so I'd, again another whole different system he came from the bill parcells system and just the way the nfl works of so many guys kind of coming and molding into new systems was really kind of what took off for me at the Raiders. Then, so Jack Del Rio. So then Jack Del Rio, and he brought in Bill Musgrave as the offense coordinator. And Jack actually fired me. He doesn't like to remember. He doesn't want to uh, totally admit this, but he <laughs> let me go. He let me go. You know, he, I was sat there for a week. I was, you know, ready to interview for my job, and Jack lets me go. And then, you know, we're out in California, out in Northern California. There's nothing cheap out there. So then. He had offered my job to two people, and they couldn't believe that somebody was working for that little money. So then they said, hey, do you want your job back? I said, oh, you bet you, <laughs> How bet, does you that, bet I do. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Nick Holtz. Yes, sir. Titans offensive coordinator. How does that conversation go? Does Jack call you back? And Jack say, did. And, I, and he was like, ah, you know, I, I didn't feel – you know, he sold it. I, I love Jack. Oh, is he, that right? He sold it. I didn't really want to let you go, but I just felt like I had these other things. But, hey, you want to come back? I didn't have a job, so you better. Did you get a raise? <laughs> so you took and it? And I got a raise. You got a raise. Yeah, yeah. and I got a raise. So I'll take that. <laughs> I don't know if it was the smartest strategy to get a raise, but it was good. You're going to write a book, aren't you? Uh, I, I don't know. You I'm could. not sure my memory I mean, 10 years enough. with the Raiders, you got to yeah. write well, a book. Well, there's a lot of stories. There, yeah. But, yeah. And so then John Gruden. So, yep, and then John. So I got to stay with John for uh, – Four years. That's where I worked with Brian for the first year, and then Brian left and went to Cincinnati, and then Rich Passaccia took over that oh, last yeah. season. And, and he was he, a he's great fantastic. Coach. Yeah, he's a, what a great coach and what a great person. And then, uh, and then off to UNLV for a year, which was so. Josh McDaniels comes in. We had a great relationship, but chance to go be an offense coordinator, call plays, kind of do that. Kind of, I just needed to do something. Ten years in one place. I was like, all right, you're stagnant. Go do something else. But you don't have to move. Didn't, it was the, so I That's had great. this big stoplight, went out of my neighborhood. Left was the Raiders facility, like four minutes. And 10 minutes the other way was the UNLV facility. It was great. You did everything with the Raiders on offense. I, I can't think of anybody. And just reading about your, your kind of time there, really an amazing amount of different jobs that had to get you ready to be the offensive coordinator at UNLV. It was great. It was the one thing I'll say, especially about Coach Gruden, is he really empowered people to just, like, take it and run with it. And so if you were looking to grow or you wanted to learn how to do something, he wasn't going to stand in your way. And you could come to him with an open-door policy of, hey, I was watching somebody's tight end cut-ups, and here's what I thought. And you go hand it to him, and he'd be like, this is great. Or you go, no, oh, that's stupid or whatever. But he really <laughs> – he Did really he ever really say that's stupid? I mean, sometimes, probably. Probably not. Not, really. not the word stupid. No. Knowing no, John. But, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, but he just said, you know, he would let you go take those things and run with them, you know, and then that was really cool for just a learning and growing experience. And then he'd be like, all right, now go install it to the rest of the staff. Okay, now go show these guys. And it was a really, really cool way to do. He's like a case study in just – NFL football, the people that you've been able to work with, the experiences that you've been able to have. I mean, this is incredible, Mike. I mean, we well, you know where he was last year, right? Yeah, I know. And I wasn't going to talk about that. Well, we have to the talk jags about that. of it all. Yeah. We, well, we hey, don't. Well, let's just say, I mean, <laughs> Doug Peterson's pretty doggone good. He is. very. I mean, and, and he's some kind of coach. So another oh. great experience. Yeah. And it was great. You know, I had never met Doug at all. 
And his, first of all, his demeanor is something I wish I could um, replicate or be that way. He is like this at all times, except when he needs to, but he, you know his level of consistency of who he is. And then he's got such a unique perspective of he played quarterback for so long, and then he's, you know, he went back, he started coaching high school, then he was a quality control guy, then he was a position coach, then he was a coordinator, then he's a head coach, you know, and his natural progression of, you know, he didn't skip any steps, he is a great worker, but he's he's so humble in everything that he does, but he always goes back to his experiences as a player and really his experiences as a high school coach and a young quality control guy and how to do things. When you hear him talk about it, he's always like, well, we were trying to teach it this way or that way. And it's just, it's very impressive for a guy who's had that level of success to have that kind of mindset. Overall, as you were in that job at Jacksonville and you were the passing game coordinator. Yes. So your work, because Doug's, Doug's going to call the plays. That's pretty much how it works, right? So actually last year, Press Taylor called the plays. Oh, Press got to call the plays. Doug was very involved and, you know, but then it was kind of a, I don't know how they did it the year before, but then Press took over most of the play calling last year. And, of course, Press is Zach Taylor's brother, and there's another connection to Brian Callahan. Correct. Because that's Brian Callahan worked for Zach Taylor. It's yeah. all – Amy said it. It's all interconnected. Actually, here's a long – another random factoid about that. So I get to Nebraska in, what, 2007? Seven. Was. Mm-hmm. And – I'm where I work in, and Bill's trying to kill me. And <laughs> he's like, we got a guy for you. He's going to come in and help. He's like, he just got cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it was Zach Taylor. And so Zach and I just shared a desk. And, you know, we'd bring in two Jimmy John sandwiches, and Zach made it four games. So I always tell Zach, I, he owes me a big one. So we made it four games, and we lost to somebody, I think USC or something like that. And then Zach just went off to play in the Canadian Football League. and But Zach was doing all this work, and then – he just leaves, and they expected the work still to get done, so then I just had to do it. Wait, so he left you essentially just, doing yeah, two jobs. Yeah, for eight, nine games, something like that. Yeah, I would so collect on this. I feel like it's time. I think now he's is had, the time to collect. He's had enough success, so <laughs> I feel like he's, he's got it in the bank here somewhere. <laughs> when, when Brian Callahan called you, yes. when, when you got the call about potentially being the offensive coordinator here, what was kind of the sales pitch – his sales pitch, your sales pitch, or the thought about how this would work like his relationship with Zach Taylor worked in Cincinnati? You know, it was um, – I'm sure some people just assume because we have this long relationship that, oh, he's like, hey, I'm going to hire you. It's going to be great. It was not a conversation like that at all. I ended up flying up, and I really spent the first hour of the presentation talking about structure of, like – job responsibilities, things like that, you know, just scheduling how to help him, how I saw Press help Doug, how I saw Greg Olson help John Gruden as when they weren't calling the plays as a coordinator. And so that's really how the conversation started. And then, you know, it was – and then probably the next couple hours after that we're talking scheme and um, different, you know, philosophies and all those other kind of things and things I'd been exposed to. But – that was really the first part of it was just talking how managing the staff, how do you want these positions, how would you have all of this look? And, you know, Rand had a big conversation in it, and it was, it was just an interesting three guys just kind of sitting around a table going through it. So 
I think we need to take a moment to demystify something a little bit, and that is the role of the offensive coordinator. Because I think that as outsiders, Mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of really what any coaching staff does, but especially someone like the offensive coordinator. Position coaches make make a lot of sense. You work with this position group. As the offensive coordinator, it's a lot broader. And so I think – just kind of take us through what that role really entails and what the job responsibilities of an offensive coordinator are. You know, it really starts with the number one is like the managing of people, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, just like in any business, you know, there's a structure and a hierarchy and how tasks and things are like that are assigned and collected and whatever. So I would say it obviously starts with it's a people business. That's number one. Number two would be there's so much football tape to be organized and watched and evaluated and things like that as you go through it you're like all right what's our process for how do we build the game plan right so how do you build the plays you see on Sunday well our process is all right we start with formations all right let's look at the formations what are we getting defensively uh what are their problems they present to us what are our matchups and really starting to be the the first line as the offensive coordinator of what we want to do and what we, how we want to solve those problems mm-hmm. and then delegating back to the assistants. Okay, does this work for your guys? Do you think you can do this? And then the collection of all those ideas, somebody's got to be the final cut through of, okay, this, these are the 10 base runs we're going to have. Okay, great. And that, that's how they go on the sheet. And then we organize and script them and, you know, you got to make sure all the looks and situations are covered and things like that. So, I do think there's certainly more that goes into it. I don't even know if I kind of feel like I scratched the surface of it, but I guess that would be my base jumping off answer. It had been described years ago, and it may not still be this way, that really the offensive line coach, the tight end coach, and the running back coach will do a lot of the run game install with the thought process, and then the pass games, the quarterback coach, the receivers coach, and then the tight end coach is involved in that too. Yeah. And that's why the tight end coach position is so important on the offense. Is that still kind of how it is? Versions of that. So, like, we have one coach will really be the lead for – so as we game plan, it'll be myself and Brian in every game plan meeting no matter what. And then whether we have somebody who's responsible for third downs, whether that's the quarterback coach, the receiver coach, we haven't totally gotten through all those – pieces of who's doing what yet but then that person comes in we build the game plan for third down and then get with the bill make sure he sees all the third downs the same way and then we present it to the staff staff then takes it they take it to the players right and then it's going to kind of keep going through that for each situation in the game so you're like chefs who are putting things together for a tasting and then that what what is liked what what people love to eat is is what you end up serving for sure for sure and what you know you know, can't serve uh you know and you can't serve uh ribs to a you know a formal dinner you know what i mean right. so it's, uh, the food doesn't fit okay that doesn't work this week cuz they blitz too much all right that goes out this comes in i would say that's a very fair analogy that was a phenomenal analogy yeah. mike keith Thank whoa you. <laughs> It's a good time for me to mention SeatGeek as I'm having my moment. SeatGeek is now the official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to Titans games or any other live event in Nashville, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, the new official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans. So Titans fans can fan. She says that well. Um, Bo Hardigree, 
Yes, sir. Jackson, Tennessee zone. Yes, sir. Tennessee Lucky volunteer. Lucky we got him. Yep. Do you, do you have a background of sorts with your new quarterback coach, Bo Hardigree? I don't as much as Brian did. So okay. him and Brian worked together in Denver. They both have ties. They're kind of all off that Peyton Manning tree, you know, with Adam Gase and Jim Bob Cooter and those kind of guys. So th- that was really their connection. I was kind of like one degree removed from those guys. Okay. So, but uh, I also know all the guys that had him at the Raiders, and I've I've known Bo for a long time, and uh, you know everybody just uh, raves about the teacher that he is, kind of his very calming presence on the quarterback, and then shoot, you saw what he got thrown into the fire at the end of the season. All of a sudden, he's just calling the plays, and he did a great job. How much does it help? that there are so many guys on the offensive side who have called plays in college or in the pros? I think it's a huge advantage just because even, you know, when I was a younger coach, yeah, I used to think everybody says this is how I would do it or this is what I would want to do. And then now once you've done it, you're like, okay, I now see like why they did it this way or, you know, what it gives you a whole new perspective. So with, Bo having called plays and Coach Callahan and, you know, Brian's called plays and just, you know, we really were intentional about building a staff with kind of a really good background, oh, very but very different backgrounds. Like, we're not all the same. Yeah, Justin Outen has yeah, as well. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Sorry, forgot about J.O. Yeah, he's, you know, he what a, what a brilliant guy he is and what a great personality and presence he has when he was, you know, when we interviewed him. It, it took about two seconds to be like, well, uh, you're staying. Yeah, you just go. <laughs> he had a couple boxes in his office. We walked in there a day later. We're like, you should just keep unpacking these, buddy. You know, let's stay, put them right back on the shelves. So there is a tremendous amount of experience, and it's very varied in terms of the experience. It's varied in terms of the ages of people on the staff. Mm-hmm. There's so many different perspectives on this Titans coaching staff. That has to be beneficial not only for the coaches but also for then engaging with the players because a locker room is filled with people of varying backgrounds and experiences as well. Absolutely. Oh, that's a good question. Nice job, Amy. I'm here. You guys are routine, man. You yeah, guys got a I whole know. Setup. I know. The, uh, well, she said something nice to me, uh, yeah, so, so I have one to. One for one. Yeah. I get it. Oh, sh- yeah. It's contractual. That's fair. I get it. It's, at least you guys know. You know, the uh, no. I think it's really important to have a variety of thought and just so many different perspectives before it even gets to the players. And then, you know, Tykes coached a long time. Randy coached and played forever. You know. Luke Stocker just got done playing. So we were talking to him, and he's like, you know, I see things this way. I, you know, and he was just doing it 18 months ago. You know, and he's a, he's a really bright guy that's got a huge future in front of him. So as you start talking to all these guys, you're like, okay, that's a, you know, that's something I haven't thought of. And I think we're also uh, – I would like to think that our staff is – we're very humble that we want to hear as many different ways to do something as we can. You know, there's certainly after the first couple of weeks there hasn't been a – well, this is what I do, okay, or this is what I know, and you're wrong. We haven't had that conversation yet, so I don't think we will either. I don't think good. you will either. No. I, I want to go back to your Jacksonville tie. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're playing against the Titans last year. You saw Will Levis in the first game. Yep. And then you did not see him in the season finale. Correct. And you're on the other side of the ball. You're worried about Trevor Lawrence and, and C.J. Beathard and what they're going to do. Yep. How much do you know – at that point, and as you come into this, about Will Levis. So, 
I really didn't know much about Will okay. during the season, right? So we didn't uh, – the Jaguars weren't really in the first-round quarterback market, so we really didn't – as a passing going, I spent much more time with the other skill positions that sure. we had a much more likely chance of drafting. You know, I watched them real quickly but didn't do any of the background stuff. And then once he started to play, he played Atlanta right after we did in his first game. And then we started having, you know, the crossover games. You know, they played Indy and they played right. these other teams. And as you start watching him, you're just like, man, this guy's pretty good. All right, this guy's got some stuff. Oh, that's a great throw. You know, or, boy, that's a huge hit that he just got it from. Or, boy, that's a tough scramble on third down. And so you saw those things and you were just – you kept kind of becoming more intrigued. And then you really saw a lot of the energy and kind of the spark in the team. You know, you kind of saw him really bring a new energy, I think, you know, and – not talking about anybody else, but he just looked like he kind of brought in and really raised the level of the group. Yeah, he put, he put a, a volt, a shot, however <laughs> you want to call it, in yeah. the whole team. So as the the process unfolds, obviously Brian Callahan's going to spend a lot of time with Will Levis. Yep. Bo Hardegree's going to spend a lot of time with Will Levis. Yep. I would imagine you will as well? We will. Okay. We, we will become very close. Okay. <laughs> I would imagine. No, uh, you know, he's – Really, Brian and myself and Bo will almost be in all the quarterback meetings. Okay. So any meeting with him, they'll probably be at least Bo and I will be in everyone for the most part. And then um, Brian, you know, he gets pulled away, you know, being a head coach and doing all those other kind of things. And he'll have to go sit with the defense, and that's his problem. That's what, that's, that's <laughs> why, that's why they pay. That's why they pay you know, that's why he gets paid that much money. He's got to go sit over there that's and listen, what to, the head coach listen, listen to tackling or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to hear any of that. So, you know, we'll be – you know, lockstep kind of the whole way. So there will be um, not any issues with communication, right? It's all going to be said and heard and received, and we're all getting the same feedback from Will at the same time. How important is establishing that relationship with your quarterback early? Oh, I think it's uh, imperative. And I don't think anybody can really have success in this league without that kind of relationship. Like, it is – it's different than college. Like it's a it's a man's grown ups league. You know what I mean? These guys have just as much investment in their futures and they are the players are the ones that have to go out there and do the job. You know, they're the face of the franchise. We just need to enable them. But the they need to feel like they can trust us that, that if they have a problem and they don't tell us that that should be on them. You know what I mean? And that but that's on us for not Building for them feeling that's a relationship that they can do that. You know, there's nothing worse than when a player comes off and goes, I hated that play all week. Well, he didn't tell me. You know, we gave you plenty of opportunities. Hey, list your, is there any plays you don't like? No, I like them all, you know, or whatever. And that's, that's just, that's never a good, you're not in a real good environment if that's going to be the case. I get the idea Will's a guy who'll tell him. Yeah, yeah, I get that vibe. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> seem, he doesn't seem shy. He's not bashful. No, 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 he does not seem shy. Can't wait to talk football. We, you know, we're just doing the, Hey, how you do meetings, you know. But no, but uh, the personalities, too, around the quarterback, I, I think it's pretty obvious from your OTP appearance, you're not serious every single moment of the day. I would say that's not – I would say that's accurate. Uh, yeah. and, but I would think that's really good for Will Levis, who is a, you know, a pretty serious guy. And he, he's kind of learned to loosen up a little bit, which is something that they wanted him to do initially when he got here. Totally. I think there's a – I don't know how – I don't – you know, again, I wasn't an NFL quarterback, but I can imagine the pressure of actually being the guy has yeah. to be just, you know, 
it would, you know, you've probably seen it cripple guys, you mm -hmm. know. And so we have here. Yeah, yeah. I can understand why you would be so serious, but you can't be to the point where it's holding you back. Right. You know what I mean? Not letting you be yourself. And at the end of the day, it's just a game, you know, whatever. It's a game where you're going to make a lot of money and do all those other kind of things. There's a lot of pressure and attention. But if you can't go play and let it let it loose, then you're really probably going to never reach your full potential. Well, and you think about how many hours these guys put in, too. It, You've exactly. got to have a couple of moments where you have a laugh and and just realize, it. I mean, it, at certain points during the week, it is a job, and you've got to take a little break from the pressures of the job. Totally. You can't be sitting there, you know, eating your lunch like it's fourth and one and just, be, you know, at some point you got to relax, talk to your – make some friends, talk to those guys. It's all, you know, just like every other workplace. You can't just sit there and be all tightened up the whole time. You know, Mike, as I listen to this discussion, the thing that my brain just keeps coming back to is how all of these – crossing paths and all of these different people that have all come together, it seems like it has created a staff and just a culture, almost a group within the football part of this building that is so comfortable. And that's really a place where it, guys can really do whatever it takes to create the best possible football team. Is that a fair assessment? I think so. I hope so. I think that was the goal. You know, and I, you bring in good people, you empower them, and you let them do their jobs, and that goes for players and coaches. You know, I think we want the same thing when we're, you know, listening to Rand talk about players, and, you know, they want the guys that want to be here, want to be great teammates, great citizens, you know, and just kind of really embody everything we're looking for. All right, so let's wrap up with this. So you go to De La Salle with Brian Callahan. The dead. And so you're on the practice field together. Yeah. And now, however many years later, it would be like close to 25, probably. A little under 25. A little under so, 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 okay. Be so, 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 cool, 20. Mike. So, yeah. Be cool. 20, yeah. we're, 20 over 20. Plus, we're over 20. But, but not, not to 25. 25. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. You're I've actually, already lost my hair, man. i got enough things working against you're, me. It's not just you're actually me. older than Brian by a few weeks. I am. Because you've, you've got an important birthday coming up in March. What is this question? So what I was getting to is – do you ever – I mean, I know you never thought, well, Brian's going to be an NFL head coach and I'll be his offensive coordinator. I'm sure that never crossed your mind. It did not. But as you look back on it now, knowing that you would go on to Colorado and would make your own way and then would work for his dad and knowing Brian as you did back in those days as a player, while it is probably somewhat surprising, is it maybe not shocking that it's happened? That's probably the best way I've heard it said yet from the standpoint of Brian always had a presence and a seriousness to him. He was going to do something. Yeah, he was going to be – whatever he chose to do, he was going to be successful. And he he had a kind of just this baseline way of going about his day, which was probably unlike most high schoolers, including myself. You know, I would say he was just kind of always focused. He never, he never seemed to kind of – stray or kind of whatever he was just always this would have to do today this would have to do tomorrow that kind of um way and i think that's why what it takes to climb into one of these jobs and to be you know one of the 32 of 32 head coaches in the nfl and so yes it, did i think he was going to be the head coach of the tennessee titans or some other nfl team i can't say i had it totally dialed but i think if you asked everybody around us that age he was just had a level of maturity, I think, that 
most of us didn't. He was that guy in a good way. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a little upset that this is going to be public, that he can now clip this. Well, but you said his dad tried to kill you. So, I mean, we've got the flip side. Yeah, get the the Lincoln, Nebraska police on the line and see if I can report an attempted murder from a couple years ago. Okay, so how much fun was it to attend Colorado? Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it. <laughs> did not prepare. You know, uh, didn't prepare me for life after college. But man, what a great time that was! I, I bet it, it was, was a great time. I was reading that. I was like, oh, I bet he had fun in college. Good time. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think I'm a good time. Boulder's a good spot. It's a good place. It's a good place. We're glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here. And uh, tell your dad, Lou Holtz, we said hi. <laughs> Your brother exactly. Skip Holtz. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Keep waiting for them to invite me to their beach houses or nothing, you know. At least you know. like a meal or yeah, something. Or something. But no, it doesn't. I'll, I'll keep waiting. Nick Holtz, Titans Offensive Coordinator. We're very glad you're here. And thank you for taking time with us. This was a lot of fun. No, thank you for having me. This was great. All right. For Nick Holtz and Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for joining us for the OTT. Titans!